It's back, it's in person, and it's better than ever. The 10th Annapolis Film Festival opens up on Thursday, March 31st, and runs through Sunday, April 3rd, with more than 70 films to make you cry, to make you laugh, to make you question, and to make you think. Over the next few days, we're going to be talking to writers, directors, and producers about the films that they're going to be bringing to Annapolis. Tickets and passes are on sale now at annapolisfilmfestival.org, so go get them. But first... Have a listen to this. And he looks up ladies dresses as they sadly pass him by. But please don't tread on dearest Marilyn. Cause she's not. Joining us now on the phone is Aaron Schillinger, who is the director of Boblo Boats, a Detroit fairy tale, which uh, I think is actually kind of funny here in Annapolis because our mayor is now considering putting in a ferry to cross eh, probably about 100 feet of water. I don't know. We'll go figure. But um, Aaron, thank you very much for joining us. And we're excited to have you come up to Annapolis for the Annapolis Film Festival with your film, Boblo Boats, a Detroit fairy tale. Thanks, John. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm excited to talk about the film and hear more about this proposed ferry sounds like a great idea you know no it's a horrible idea it's okay. I, I i mean when you get down here you're gonna you're gonna see that this is there's a bridge right next to the route that he wants to run the ferry so he's gonna run a ferry parallel to the bridge and it's like half a million bucks to buy the boat and it, it's it's a it's a bad idea but it's down it's under, down the road <laughs> i understand the expense but want let me just play devil's advocate as an outsider, okay? One of the great things about the Boblo boats, which used to take people to an island amusement park, is they were public transportation. So even if you didn't have a car, it was ex- the park was accessible for other people. And so I'm thinking about your ferry boat. It might cut down on traffic, right? Uh, to a point, to a point. When you see the layout of this of, of the city, it's a little bit different. But you know what? You know what? Let's not talk about our mayor's harebrained scheme because he has plenty of them, and there's plenty more to come down the road. Let's get into Boblo Boats, a Detroit fairy tale, and this really is an intriguing movie. It was funny when I was talking to Lee and Patty earlier on. This was one of the lists on my list of the films that was on my must see things. So I'm very excited to be able to talk to you, and it will be screening on Saturday, April second, at two thirty at Maryland Hall as well as Sunday, April 3rd at 3.30 at Annapolis Elementary School. The story is, it's really kind of a neat story. As you mentioned, there is an amusement park on an island, and these were ferries that have obviously been now, I don't say obviously, but have been decommissioned Mm -hmm. um, because the amusement park is no more. And it was the uh, St. Clair and the SS Columbia, which were ferry boats that would take people from two countries, right? Canada and Detroit to this amusement park that sat in the middle. Actually, I think it was in Canadian water, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, the park was mostly attended by Detroiters, um, even though it was in Canadian waters. Um, there's actually some Detroiters who thought that the island amusement park was in Detroit because you know they share international border. Um, but I had some Canadians definitely, for the record, correct, correct us on that. Um, and the pronunciation, interestingly enough, the pronunciation of Bablo comes from the French white wood, Bois Blanc, um, because, you know, in that part of Canada, they were speaking French. And so um, it was actually just a mispronunciation of the French, how we went from Bois Blanc to Bablo. 
<laughs> okay. Never, never let it be said that Americans would actually adapt to somebody else's language. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was mostly Canadians who worked on the Island and then um, Detroiters would ride over on these two giant majestic steamboats. They would be dancing and, you know, meeting people, stealing kisses on the decks on the boat ride over there. Cause it was an hour and a half trip, um, which is kind of hard to imagine these days, people loving something that takes an hour and a half to get there. But you can't like talk, say the word Bablo in Detroit without people 35 and up just saying, what, what are you talking about? Oh yeah. I went to Bablo. Wow. Now how long has it been decommissioned? How long has it not been an amusement park for? They stopped running the boats in 1991 and in 1993, the island shuttered for good. Okay. So, you know, it's really kind of like 35 and up was the cutoff because some people went when they were quite young and they, they are able to remember it. And then other people were like, well, I believe I went there, but I don't remember it, but I want to know more. Where did this idea come from to study this? And, and this is a story actually of the boats. It's not the, not the amusement park. It's not the island. It's, it's the two boats that really have all the history. I mean, that's, that's, you know, if the walls could talk, these are the walls that are, uh, they're talking and actually you've, you've got somebody, one of the boats is talking. <laughs> yeah. The narrator, well, the film is narrated from the perspective of the older of the two boats, which is, a, she's actually the oldest surviving passenger steamboat in America, the SS Columbia. Uh, Martha Reeves is the narrator playing the voice of Columbia. Of course, Detroit. Mar <laughs> yeah. Martha Reeves. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think that there was a better fit. You know, she is a Motown legend and, you know, there's a lot of singers who left Detroit, but she stayed. She was even on the city council here and uh, she just has this deep voice um, that sounds like it could be, you know, a vessel that was built in 1902, you know, with this grand godlike perspective. And it's, it's hard to kind of tell the story of the boats without telling the story of the park, you know, because it's all it's all mixed up because they right. were built for the express purpose to take people to the park. So it's kind of this whole Bablo cult story we're telling. I actually never got the chance to ride the boats or go to the park. I'm not from Michigan originally. I'm from Southern Virginia, but I was living in New York City and I do a lot of videos for nonprofit companies. And I was approached by a company that wanted to say, can you help? They said, can you help us make a video, like a fundraising video about the steamship we're trying to restore? And I was like, sure. And I didn't really know that much about boats. And I went out to do some filming and I show up and there's this giant, it looks like a trash barge. She's just in terrible shape, like the paint's falling off. Um, there's just rotting wood everywhere. There's holes through her steel decks. And my first thought was like, why don't they just build a new boat? Because I mean, this one's clearly in very bad shape. But then I started learning more about the history and really what made me want to make my own separate documentary about this was when I met a woman who could speak to the boat, meaning that she had a psychic connection with the boat. It would talk to her and she could then communicate back with the boat. And her name was Gloria. And she's one of the main characters in the documentary. But once I found out about that, I was just like, just got bit by the Bablo bug. 
<laughs> the Boblo bug. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so basically a psychic, perhaps an amateur psychic, I don't know whether that's what her profession is, uh, says, hey, I, I can speak to the boat. And you're like, OK, well, I need to dive into this. Yeah, she uh, it was her profession. She was a psychic and numerologist and uh, she doesn't practice so much anymore. But um, she it I, I was looking for a documentary that I could approach kind of from a magical realist perspective. And so once I found out that this woman had this amazing magical connection with an inanimate object, um, I then learned that this boat had a sister ship and they actually call them sisters because they were both built with almost the exact specifications for the same purpose to take people to an island amusement park. So they're sister ships. And I didn't know boats could have sisters and that the, it was almost like um, the sisters were leading totally different lives because you have this one boat, the Columbia that was purchased by a nonprofit to take the, with the, and the nonprofit, they wanted to actually bring this boat to the Hudson river away from Detroit. And then the sister ship St. Clair was still in Detroit and didn't really have a solid plan moving forward. They didn't have the backing of thousands of dollars in grant money. And it was kind of being led by a ragtag group of people. And so I was like, wow, it's almost like a tale of two sisters, like some type of Emily Bronte story or yeah. something. And so I was like, this is like a documentary, but it's also kind of a fairy tale. And, and that's what got me interested. And so I kind of did some exploratory filming of like, okay, well, who's still around that knows about these boats. And then I started learning more about the history and um, this history of segregation and desegregation about amusement parks, which was like totally mind blowing to me. Cause I didn't know about that. Detroit was a mixed city and um, the park was actually owned and operated by Americans, but it was on Canadian soil. So Americans ran this Boblo excursion company that had a segregated policy. And so they would only allow, they had a policy against zoot suitors, which in a sense, mostly meant African-Americans. That was like their code word. Right. Uh, zoot suitors were not allowed, even though that was illegal because Michigan had an anti-discrimination law on the record, which is why so many people, African-Americans from the South, during the Great Migration, came to cities like Detroit because they felt like they would have much better rights there because they, there was a law. It was an anti-discrimination law. So um, in 1945, the Bablo Excursion Company uh, forcibly removed a young woman. She was only 23 from the boat. Uh, her name was Sarah Elizabeth Ray. But they kicked off the wrong person that day because she went straight to the NAACP and reported what happened. And they took up the case. And working together, um, they sued the Bobble Excursion Company and went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. It was at that time that the, you know, the Bobble Excursion Company kept repealing at every level until it was at the Supreme Court. And then they were forced to integrate. But rather than integrate, they decided to sell the park. And interestingly enough, Thurgood Marshall was Sarah Elizabeth Ray's lawyer at the Supreme Court level. He was he filed an amicabus on her behalf. He would later use the Bablo case as a test case for Brown versus Board of Education. 
Interesting. Interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I had, I had no idea that Michigan was, uh, I'll say that progressive and, and had the laws in that early. Yeah. I didn't know about any of this either. And so it's interesting how researching amusement park ferry boats, I learned so much about African-American history. You know, when George Floyd was murdered in 2020, I was still in post-production on the Bobble Boats film but I felt inspired to share the story of Sarah Elizabeth Ray. And so I actually cut together a really short film just about her story because I just felt like people were thirsty to learn more about African-American history. They needed that re-education as I was doing myself. And so um, that led to creating this whole offshoot of a project um, called the Sarah E. Ray Project, in which we've been diving deeper into her history and contributions to equity, you know, in really the ability for people to have fun, because that's what she was fighting for, the fight to have fun. You know, we learn a lot about voting rights and anti-housing discrimination laws. We often don't think about that fight over places of recreation and leisure. Um, So that's kind of the angle that we're taking with the Sarah E. Ray Project. And we've been doing a lot of virtual presentations, as well as trying to get lesson plans into classrooms because we refer to Sarah Elizabeth Ray as Detroit's other Rosa Parks uh, because she was forgotten in her life. And so it's really with the story of the Bobble Boats film that we're trying to raise more awareness and tell her full story. This love affair that Detroit had for all things Bobble, and then it kind of became, in my mind at least, a symbol for the city of Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I love your puns. You know, it's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. It's a, I mean, it, it all works together here. And I, you've got a cast of characters in here. That's really, I don't want to say a ragtag, but I mean, it's just sort of a bizarre cast of characters. Okay. You've got a psychic who talks to the ship or to the boat. You've got Martha freaking Reeves, who is the, is the boat. <laughs> there is a, a man who has nothing but collectibles or has been a huge collector of the amusement park memorabilia mm-hmm. and and a doctor that have come together yeah. to sort of restore these, bring these this boat back to life? It's an enormous undertaking to restore a vessel of this size. I mean, she's 200 feet long. Um, she used to be able to carry almost 2,000 people on her, you know, when she was traveling in the water. So it's a massive undertaking. And when you look at the people who are trying to save St. Clair, it is a doctor, his um, right-hand man, the general manager, who's, as you said, kind of a fanatic with his memorabilia. He even, he, he built a, a miniature Bablo in his basement, um, miniature Bablo Island with like the amusement parks. And he even purchased one of the rides to have in his backyard and kind of the psychic who's like the fairy godmother, who's kind of just looking out for the boats. So it is this really small group of people with this massive undertaking. And it's kind of like a story of us, like an insurmountable task, you know, but their passion is, is what they're is seeing them through. And they're, they're never going to give up, you know, is really what I, what it felt like to me. Sure. Well, what, what is the status of the St. Clair right now? So, um, she is still, they're still doing work on her decks. I was there um, late last year to check out. And, um, you know, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but um, there is something that kind of sets them back in the restoration 
um, later on in the movie, if people come out to see the movie, when you're watching the film, you're wondering, oh my God, like, are they going to continue? And the doctor who owns the ship, Dr. Ron Katu, is continuing the restoration because he, in his personal life, you know, he had some setbacks where he had brain cancer and, and that he kind of just feels like I survived brain cancer. I can survive. I can handle this boat restoration. So he, I don't think that he would ever give up, even though he's not a professional boat restoration artist. It almost feels like the doctor uh, bought the boat on a whim when you hear his wife tell the story in the film um, because of his just nostalgia and his love for all things Bablo. He, he almost just bought this boat on a whim, but he's never going to give up. And so they are continuing to restore her. It sounds like a really fun, neat film with a lot of, you know, a lot of little twists and turns there were, and you know, I, I keep dwelling back on Martha Reeves, but I mean, how did, how did you end up getting Martha Reeves to narrate this? I actually met Martha through one of the main characters, the amusement park fanatic, Kevin Mayer. They would occasionally have Martha over to their incredibly fun backyard. And they would, they love to enter, entertain people because it really is a miniature Bablo uh, over there. And so that's how it's connected to Martha. And I think when I first told her, I was like, well, I want you to narrate the film from the perspective of a boat. She's like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Gives you the side eye look. <laughs> yeah. But it took a little convincing, but then, you know, she actually used to perform with Martha Reeves and the Vandellas on Bablo Island. And I have a picture of her riding the, one of the amusement park ferry boats. So she also has a strong emotional connection to Bablo. And so I think that's what eventually convinced her. You know, if nothing else, Detroit's roots run very, very deep. And, you know, people, people, I, I, I don't have any experience myself with Detroit, but boy, I know people that do, and they're very, very adamant. They're very proud of their town. They're very, you know, the roots dig deep. And I, I, that's great that Martha's stuck in town and she's, she's doing this. I, I am just incredibly lucky to um, have her as a narrator. You know, there's not too many Motown singers left, really. We're losing them all the time. And so um, I just feel very fortunate to have spent time with her and, and worked with her. I'll tell you, we are talking with Aaron Schillinger, who is the director of Bablo Boats, a Detroit fairy tale that will be screening at the Annapolis Film Festival on Saturday, April 2nd at 2.30 at Maryland Hall. And again, Sunday, April 3rd at 3.30 at Annapolis Elementary. And perhaps at the best of the fest at the end of the day, because they show a whole bunch of films on that final Sunday. Are you going to be attending the film festival up here in Annapolis? Absolutely. I'll be doing a Q&A after both screenings. And if people come to the Saturday screening, they'll also get to see a Q&A um, with a co-writer of the film, Desiree Cooper, who is also one of my partners on a project that is looking, researching deeper into one of the characters in the film, which is the um, Sarah Elizabeth Ray, the woman who forced the integration of Bablo Island and actually helped pave the way for Brown versus Board of Education. Ah, interesting. Well, Brown versus Board of Education, that was right here. Oh, I forgot about that. There you go. Look at look at that. Fascinating. Look at that connection. <laughs> I'm gonna have to brush it. I'm gonna have to brush up on that before I come out come out for the Q and A. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, as a director, and I mean, you've you've done films. I mean, how many films have you done? This is my debut feature film. This is my first one. Have you done uh, shorts and all that stuff before, or is this? Yes, I've done some. I've done some short films, but um, 
they didn't take me six years to make. So this <laughs> this one really took a chunk out of my soul. I guess so. Well, as a director, I mean, what what are you hoping to get out of a festival? I mean, what do you look for in your audiences here? And what gets you excited about coming into a festival as opposed to just having this either stream or as we've all been doing the last two years or, uh, you know, showing up on the on a theater screen? Well, in particular, I'm excited about Annapolis because so far the film has only played in Michigan because I think festival programmers look at the film as like, oh, it's a local thing. I feel like the Bablo film, first of all, I made it as an outsider, although I now live in Michigan because I just fell in love with Detroit. I live in Detroit now. Um, I fell in love with the story of Bablo as an outsider. And so I'm super excited to share the film with people in Annapolis who never heard about Bablo because I think it's a fascinating story. And it also touches on, you know, Annapolis's love of boats. And so, you know, if people want to get boat nerdy at the festival, I'm all down for that. Or we can talk about the African-American history that's rooted in Bablo. Um, it, it really is a story that touches on so many different aspects. And so, um, I'm just excited to share it with non-Michiganders, really. So it, it was shown on a big screen in Michigan at a premiere? Yeah, we were the um, the biggest documentary festival here in Detroit. It's called the Freep Film Festival. And they chose us as the opening night film of the festival. Uh, and we actually sold out all three of our screenings. That was the premiere. And um, it also played at um, East Lansing Film Festival. And that was almost a sellout uh, just because... You know, when you get Martha Reeves on a film and then pair that with something that so many people in this area treasure from their childhoods, which is Bobble Island, people just buy a ticket without even needing to see a trailer. We do have a trailer up now for people to watch so they can kind of get a taste of the film. But the film sold out when we did. We, I think we just had an excerpt up online and people were just that excited to see it. Right. Well, I'll tell you, check out the trailer at bobloboatsfilm.com. It's B-O-B-L-O boatsfilm.com. Really kind of entertaining. And I'm looking forward to seeing this at the Annapolis Film Festival coming up actually in a couple of days. It's uh, Saturday, April 2nd, as well as Sunday, April 3rd. We'll be in this Bablo Boats will be screening. And I'll tell you that I'm, you know, I'm so glad to see that A, our film festival is back in person on the big screen. I'm tired of looking at Zoom screens and everything else for the past two years. And uh, certainly with what's going on in the world today, I'm I'm very glad to take a little bit of a break off of small screens and seeing all the crap that's going on in the world and lose myself into a film festival for about four days and just sort of forget about things and delve into some other worlds. And I think Pablo Boats really is something that does it. I mean, it's going to tell you a tale of Detroit that we we don't know. And I think that's, it's fa- fantastic. Well, I'm excited to see you there, John. It's going to be a good time. What's up What's up next for you, Aaron? Are you working on something else or are you just working on promoting this? Or I do have to finish the distribution of this film, but um, I think my next film is going to be on an environmental subject. Um First, I, at first, I was thinking I wanted to make a documentary on um, lawn bashing, you know, those giant green expanses that we have in front right. of our houses. But I think that it might dig a little bit deeper into native plants. And so I'm talking with a novelist um, who wrote, wrote a book on, on the topic about possibly adapting his book. Interesting. Well, we're going we're gonna to look, look for that in the future, perhaps in another film festival. But for now, 
you want to get to the Annapolis Film Festival and get your passes and your tickets, you can get them at annapolisfilmfestival.org. And if you plan to see more than probably two or three films over the four days, I do suggest get a pass because that's the way to go. You get in quicker, you get seated. Uh, if something goes wrong and it's sold out, you can get to another one really quickly. That's the way to go. If you're just looking to see you know, two or three films, maybe individual tickets, again, annapolisfilmfestival.org. You definitely want to go check out bobloboatsfilm.com and check out the trailer and make sure that you're here to see this one on Saturday or Sunday at both at Maryland Hall and Annapolis Elementary. And Aaron, I am looking forward to meeting you when you come into town. I will show you where our ferry is going to be routing and you'll, I think you'll, I think I'll bring you over to my side here on that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I look forward to to the discussion. Absolutely. Well, I thank you very much for your time today. Congratulations on the film and I can't wait to meet you in a couple days. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you by the water. You can see all the stars as you walk down Hollywood Boulevard. Again, the 10th Annapolis Film Festival kicks off on Thursday, March 31st. Passes are on sale, and that is the way to go if you are seeing more than just a few movies. But they also have individual tickets as well. AnnapolisFilmFestival.org is where you want to go. It's the best four days in Annapolis, and you can be sure you'll see me at the movies. Rudolph Valentino looks very much alike And he looks up ladies' dresses as they sadly pass him by But please don't tread on dearest Marilyn Cause she's not